Thank you, everybody, for watching I-80 Sports. Thank you again. And today we are talking Western and Eastern Conference Finals for the NHL playoffs. Thank you again for watching I-80 Sports. Make sure you follow us at iadsports.com. Please also make sure to follow us on Facebook, on the discussion group, as well as on Twitter at iadsports underscore sports NHL. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I actually played a little hockey this morning, so I'm fresh and sweaty and off the ice. If you guys can smell me through your screens, I apologize in advance. <laughs> Lucky duck. I've been yeah. dying to play hockey myself lately. So today we're going to be talking Eastern and Western Conference Finals hockey. But before we get into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, we got a few short topics to talk about before then. Uh, Tom, I know uh, for sure you want to talk a little bit about NBC's coverage on uh, the NHL playoffs. What's going on, bud? All right. Well, before I go into anything, I do love what NBC has done with the game over the year, over the last 10 or so years. They've had it, they've had it more than that, about 15 um, they are they are taking hockey to places in this country that it hasn't gone before. The Fox coverage was kind of a joke, but it was their first national TV deal. I didn't mind the ESPN coverage back in the day, but once they got basketball, they kind of just took the NHL and threw it to the side. Um, you know, hockey, you know, NBC has made hockey, and hockey sort of made NBC. You know, the hockey coverage we get with them is perfect. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it's really, really good. But what I want to say here is on Friday, they really dropped the ball with the way they broadcast at these Game 7s. This Dallas-Colorado game was a classic. Obviously, it would have been nicer to have fans there, one of the team's home arenas. But for obvious reasons, we cannot do that right now. But still, that game should have not been on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it would have been 3 o'clock Dallas time, 2 o'clock Colorado time. They dropped the ball with this game big time. This had the makings of a classic. It was a classic, great back-and-forth hockey game. But I don't know if it was the league. I don't know if it was somebody at NBC Sports with that valuable Kentucky Derby contract. They needed to do better here. They dropped the ball with this one. I'm so, I, I'm sorry, but they did. This is a in 15 years of doing good. This is maybe the first bad thing they did. Yeah, and I tend to agree with this one. I know it's also tough, especially with everything going on right now between COVID-19. But at the same time. There needs to be accountability on NBC's part to make sure that these games are on at a reasonable hour where people where you're going to capitalize on the best market for these games. So it was certainly a drop of the ball for them. A couple things that we also saw in the second round, we saw a couple teams that exited a little bit on the earlier side than what we thought originally. Boston ended up losing their series to Tampa Bay, as we saw last week, and Colorado ended up losing to Dallas. And I want to highlight these two teams right now because there may be a couple moves coming in the offseason for both of these teams. Tom, I'm going to let you talk about Boston, and now I'm going to talk about Colorado. Okay, very good. Um, With Boston, like I have been alluding to in previous episodes, this core is not young anymore. They're older. Um, from what I've read around, just from fans, posts on HF boards, from articles I've read with the Bruins, some people are saying blow it up. Other people are saying keep it together. Me personally, I think Boston has done all they can do with this group. I think it's time for Char to hang them up. I would be very surprised if you saw if you saw Tuka Rask back next year. And honestly, if I were the Bruins, um, there's a few guys on there. Bergeron, Pasternak, Krug. I think Krug is definitely going to test the market. He's already said, he goes, you know, I'm not an entry-level player anymore. I've proved my worth. I want to get paid my worth. The problem with that is I think Boston is going to go into a retool. 
And if I was the Bruins with some of these superstars they have, I honestly would keep Pasternak. He's 24 years old. He still has a lot left to give. I would Marshawn is 32, but I would keep him too. But if I were the Bruins, one guy I would maybe think about moving here is Patrice Bergeron. I think Bergeron still has a lot of value, but if they're going to shut it down for the next two or three years and try to retool, he's going to be too old by the time it's up. Bergeron is a two-way center. He's actually been having his best statistical seasons the last two years, and I do think he's a guy who could bring value back. Now, if you're a contending team, if you're asking Bergeron to come in and be a first-line center and solve all your problems, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. But if you're a contending team and you want to slot Bergeron in on your second line, you want to have him run your penalty kill, run your second power play unit, the guy would be perfect for a team that's either contending or trying to take that next step. I don't want to name names. My uh, favorite team, the New York Rangers maybe. But um, uh, um, I do think Bergeron, he's a center. He's a little older. But I do think right now he's carrying the most value on that team. And if they are going to go the rebuild route, I would start taking calls on Bergeron. I really would. I think they could get a hold back for him. And one thing historically about the Bruins, they've always rebuilt the right way. Every time you think the Bruins are done, you know, whether when they got rid of Oren Esposito in the 70s or whether they when they got rid of Bork 20 years ago, you said, okay, this team is going to be terrible for a long time. Two years later, you look at the whatever, whatever division they were in, whether it be the Atlantic Division now or the Northeast Division way back when. Two years later, you look at your Northeast Division at the end of the season, what team is on top? The Boston Bruins. So they do know how to retool a team. They have let go superstars before, and they've made up for it in the next few years. That is very true. I mean, Boston does have a couple players that are desirable for other teams. Bergeron definitely being low-hanging fruit and not necessarily the lowest man on the totem pole for Boston. It would be surprising to see Boston fans saying goodbye to Patrice Bergeron this summer, but it's something that Boston should consider. Now, on the Colorado side, when we're thinking about the Colorado Avalanche, it was a quick exit for them from this playoffs but it was also because they had a couple nagging injuries and they do need to consider making one or two trades this offseason if they want to make room for younger depth for instance they need to move a left-handed defenseman on their left-hand side to make room for their blue chip prospect Bowen Byram next year who will be ready for, to make the jump to the NHL more more than likely and on the left hand side currently looking at their depth chart they've got Ryan Graves they've got Nikita Zadarov and they've got Ian Cole and of those three guys that you could get rid of Ian Cole has the highest contract he's getting paid I believe three and a half million a year for about two or three more years a team that I could see jumping on Ian Cole would be the New Jersey Devils. Me being a Devils fan, I would actually be a fan of seeing Ian Cole come to the Devils because it gives somebody to play alongside with P.K. Subban, somebody of like talent. But beyond that, the Devils are in a very unique situation where they're not in a cap struggle. It's actually quite the opposite. They have the most cap space in the entire league, and they even with having somebody like P.K. Subban at – nine million per year they still have well over 15 million in cap so they have a little bit of wiggle room they could add somebody like cole for cheap and he could be your top pairing defenseman in eight minutes for this year especially under a new lindy rough system um but for colorado they need to make room for byram they could use more penalty killers they could use somebody on the situational side they don't need scoring depth they have Miko Rantanen, they've got Nathan McKinnon, they've got Gabriel Latticeong, Andre Burakovsky, they've got guys who can score. So I'd like to see them pick up somebody that is more situational, somebody who can come in on the penalty kill, can effectively kill off penalty kill, so that way you're not worrying about your penalty kill unit as much. And you can part with that by you know trading in the end Cole maybe for some 
for another piece, maybe trading a Ryan Graves for more depth. Even Nikita Zadarov would fetch some value as well. All three guys, you could easily get good talent from them. We're going to move on now from talking about you know precursors to the uh, conference final, but as we have mentioned before, the Eastern and Western Conference Final is set. And we already saw one game played. So in the West, it is Vegas Golden Knights versus the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are currently up one to nothing on Vegas after a one to nothing victory last night. So we'll talk about our predictions for this conf- for this conference final first, and then we'll move on to the Eastern Conference Final afterwards. And I'll set the stage for the Eastern Conference Final when we get there. Tom, let's start with you. What is your prediction for this series, Vegas versus Dallas? You know, just from one game that I've watched, I do want to go with Dallas on this one. And it's funny because it's kind of like, if you look at the way the teams are built, Vegas, no real stars, very team-first approach. Dallas, loaded with stars, loaded with veterans, you know. And the funny part is they play the opposite games that you would think they would play. Vegas plays a very high-flying game. They run four lines, almost akin to the way the Buffalo Sabres did it way back in 06-07. They run four lines, play a very fluid, fast, cycling game. And you would think that a team like that would be playing like a neutral zone trap, a 1-2-2-4 a check or a 2-1-2-4 check like that team on your jersey plays. The funny part about it is, guess what team's playing like that? Dallas, you have all these guys, Sagan, Ben, Pavelski, Radulov, Perry, You'd figure a team like that would be playing a high-flying, you know, free-flowing game. I watched last night. They were trapping. They were basically playing the New Jersey Devil neutral zone trap against the Golden Knights, and they stopped them. They won the game 1-0. Vegas had a flurry at the end. But you know what? I do think Dallas is going to take this series. I think I also believe sort of in the law of averages. This Dallas team sort of reminds me of the San Jose teams from five and ten years ago that had Joe Thornton and all of them and Patrick Marlowe, you know, in 2016 that – the you know the uh, cards just sort of lined up when they got to the finals against the Penguins they didn't win it and I think sort of the same thing is happening with Dallas right now I think that a lot of people wouldn't expect Dallas to do much of anything I for one didn't I predicted them to lose every series they played in I predicted them to lose against Calgary they lost predicted them to lose against Colorado when it almost happened and Colorado take the next step Dallas said not so fast they lost I do really think I do think Dallas is going to take the series do I think they're going to take it all the way to the cup probably not but I do think that this is sort of a San Jose Shark style situation in 2016 where you have all these guys, you know, some have won, some haven't, but they're still hungry. They're still veteran. They've still been there before, as has Vegas. But I think the guys on Dallas got a little more experience. I'm going with Dallas in this. I'm going to say six. I could be totally wrong, but I am going with Dallas in this series. I do find it ironic that you mentioned the San Jose Sharks from 2016 because for two reasons. Number one, you have Joe Pavelski that is on this current 2020 mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Dallas Stars team, and he was on that 20. He was the captain of that 2016 uh, San Jose Sharks team that went all the way to the cup. But there's another thing in common with that 2016 Sharks team, and actually going to go into my prediction. So my prediction is actually the opposite of yours. I am sticking to my guns with the Vegas Golden Knights. The I'm going to say they're going to win in seven. Vegas, I mean, Dallas is going to give them a very hard time. There is no doubt about this. As they're already proving, Dallas is already up one nothing in this series. But I don't count out Vegas just yet because there's one potential X factor, and it's not anybody on the ice. It's Pete DeBoer, their current head coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pete DeBoer 
came in this season, midseason, after Gerard Gallant, their former coach, was fired midseason. So they bring in Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer, in each of his first seasons with a new team, has went to the Stanley Cup final. It happened in 2012 with the New Jersey Devils. It happened in 2016 with the San Jose Sharks, both of which was their very first year with the team. I don't doubt that it can happen again with Vegas. He could easily take this team to the Cup. They've got a very talented forward group, especially that has been built over the past couple of years, as well as some pieces that have been in place ever since the Vegas Golden Knights came into this league. Just to run down a quick list of uh, forwards who are performing in this current playoff, Riley Smith has been great. William Carlson, Paul Stastny, uh, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marcheseau. The list goes on in that regard. They have guys who can score very well. Alex Tuck has also come through and has been scoring goals left and right in a very surprising fashion. You've also got a very scrappy defense, this no-name defense that has come through and is executing all of Pete DeBoer's plays perfectly. Shea Theodore has been the main highlight of this Vegas defense. But... The real star is in the net right now in Robin Lehner. He is one of the hottest goalies in the playoffs, and I definitely don't doubt his ability to carry this team forward throughout the rest of this playoff. I could easily see him getting to the Stanley Cup final. Will they win the Stanley Cup? We'll see. We don't know just yet. There's a lot more hockey that's left to be played, especially in this Western Conference final. But those that's my pick right now, Vegas Golden Knights in seven games I'm predicting. So we're going to move away from the Western Conference final right now. We're going to move on to the Eastern Conference final, where, as you can see, based on what I'm wearing for a third week in a row, I did not think I'd be wearing this jersey for a third week in a row. But here we are. It is the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Islanders. Game one starts tonight at 8 p.m. Please make sure you mark that, mark your calendars and watch that game tonight. It should be a great game. You have a hot New York Islanders team coming into this round and some unpredictability with this particular uh, round. I think it, I think this particular Eastern Conference final could go any which way. You have the most talented team in the playoffs in the Tampa Bay Lightning and probably the most unpredictable team with New York Islanders. Tom, what's your take? You know something? This series, I'm going with Tampa, but this is not going to be an easy series for them. This is definitely going to go seven games. There's going to be times where where people are going to be saying, okay, well, the Islanders are taking this series. I can easily see the Islanders going up in this series 2-1 or say going up 3-2 and Tampa's got to scratch and claw back and win two games. But I just think with this group down in Tampa that they, I think they just finally have it in their head and it's just hanging over them that this is the year they have to get it done. Now, I know they had mentioned Stamkos wasn't going to play this series, but I wouldn't be shocked is it, if this series goes seven games that all of a sudden Tampa comes out and says, oh, he's going to play in game seven. I know 2016 we're not doing this on purpose, but it just seems to be an underlying topic that I remember they did that against Pittsburgh in 2016. They inserted him into game seven. They obviously didn't win it, but the Islanders have been, have been great these playoffs. They've sort of been like Vegas where they're running four lines. You know, they're playing a defensive game, but they're scoring the most goals, kind of like your New Jersey Devils used to do way back when. They're playing very well, and I honestly was one to think, and remember I said last week, if Philly wins game five, watch out with Philly won game five and forced it to seven, and the Islanders pretty much dispose of them quickly. The Islanders have done great these playoffs. They have. They've scratched and clawed. They've earned every victory they have. But I just think 
that this group in Tampa is just going to say enough's enough. It's not going to be an easy series win for them. It's I think it's definitely going seven. I could even see game seven going double overtime if we get to that point. But I just see with what Tampa has, with what they've been doing, and kind of everyone's been counting them out. People counted them out against Boston. People counted them out against Columbus because they figured it would be a sweep again. I just think Tampa has this enough's enough mentality this year, and I do think they're going to take the Islanders but I don't think they're going to have an easy time doing it. No, it's certainly not going to be a gimme series. And actually, as much as I love the fight in the Islanders and the unpredictability factor for them, my prediction is actually the same as yours. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here in seven games. They have a deeper offense with one of the best third lines in hockey. uh, And that third line consists of Blake Coleman, Yanni Gord, and uh, Barclay Goudreau, usually on a nightly basis for that line three, which is one of the best third lines in all of hockey. That's a top six line on most NHL squads right now. Uh, they also have quite possibly the best goalie in the entire playoffs right now in Andre Vasilevsky. And just to rattle off a fun uh, stat here, he has a 1.91 goals against average with a 931 save percentage. And he has played every game for Tampa. It's an unreal number in this playoff so far. He has been just a shutdown goaltender in the this current playoff, in the 2020 playoffs. But just as much as I'm hyping up the Tampa Bay Lightning, don't count out the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders are going to give Tampa Bay a major run for their money. Their second line has been one of the deadliest lines in hockey with Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, and Anthony Bavillier. They have been very, very good together. If there's one thing this Islanders team has going for them, it's chemistry. They have so much chemistry together, and they're so well coached. Uh, Barry Trotz is the head coach of this Islanders team, and he is one of the best coaches in hockey right now. He is a very well-respected coach, and he has got this team – running on all cylinders right now. And he won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals a few years back. It could happen again this year with the Islanders. But I think it's just wrong place, wrong time, coming up against a very hot Tampa Bay Lightning team that I agree with your sentiment, Tom. Enough's enough. They want to make sure that they sweep away all that negative, you know, agita from the past couple years, you know, being swept by Columbus, you know, we can't get past Boston. Guess what? They got past both of them. Now they just have the Islanders in front of us, and they're just thinking, you know, we're gonna we know how hot this team is. We saw them dismantle the Flyers and embarrass them in game seven. This is mm-hmm. not a team that has one easy series. They can easily run through and win the Stanley Cup if they wanted to. So Tampa Bay is gonna have a hard series in front of them, but I have Tampa Bay here in seven. Wrapping up today, I want to talk about who could be the Conn Smythe winner so far in this playoff. And for those of you who don't know, the Conn Smythe Trophy is awarded to the most valuable player in the playoffs every year in the Stanley Cup Finals. So I want to highlight a couple players here that could be your Conn Smythe winner this, uh, for this current playoffs. Uh, your leading point getter from remaining teams right now is – Dallas defenseman Miro Heiskanen. He has 21 points in this playoffs. Also the most among defensemen as well. The next best point getter right now is Tampa Bay Lightning forward Braden Point with 18 points. And then after that, surprisingly, I did not know this, the next leading point getter is New York Islanders 
forward Josh Bailey with 17 points. And a lot of those have been racked up from assists from, you know, from helpers from Brock Nelson. Tom, who do you think, uh, you know, based on that group of guys that I just mentioned, as well as Andre Vasilevsky, who do you think is your Conn Smythe winner right now? Well, I mean, it's all depending on who gets to the final as well, because there never has been an MVP from a team that wasn't in the finals. I remember in 02, some people, there were some votes cast for Peter Forsberg, even though Detroit had not Colorado out in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that, you know, your obvious two guys right now, because I did predict Tampa to win. I think your obvious two right now are Braden Point and Vasilevsky. Depends on if Tampa gets to the finals and what they do there. I'm going with them just based on where their team is going, not based on any performance, just based on their team getting there. But it would be interesting if it was a Tampa-Dallas final and Heiskanen did win the Smythe Trophy. He would be the first non-goalie from a losing team to win it since Reggie Leach won it in 1976 with the Flyers after the Flyers got swept by the Montreal Canadiens. And it would actually be the first time a defenseman from a losing team won it. So that would just be something really interesting. I don't know if it's going to happen. It probably won't. But it's just something as you were going on, it popped in my head. I said, wouldn't that be a little interesting to see? A skater from a losing team loses because it's only happened once, and a defenseman from a losing team win it, even though a def- and a defenseman's never won it. I mean, we've seen everything this year, so if that were to happen, it really wouldn't surprise me, but I just think it would be something pretty cool. It would be pretty cool to see a guy like Miro Heiskanen win. Plus, he would be one of the younger guys to ever win the Conn Smythe Trophy at 22 years old. So that also would be another you know, fun little statistic to go along with that. Certainly, if both teams make it to the uh, Stanley Cup final, it would be interesting to see who wins out of that group. But if we predict, for instance, Tampa Bay to go there, I would not be the least bit surprised if it's Braden Point or Andre Vasilevsky. Both of them have been key contributors key contributors to the Tampa Bay Lightning success throughout this playoffs. And it could even continue into the Stanley cup finals, but based on our predictions, we could be seeing a Tampa Bay lightning Dallas stars final, or we could be seeing that's based on Tom's prediction, but we could be seeing my prediction of a Tampa Bay lightning and Vegas golden Knights final, but who knows it's on you to tune in and watch the Stanley Cup, the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. For those of you that want to watch tonight, the Eastern Conference Finals starts tonight at 8 p.m. between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Make sure you watch. Make sure you tune in. Comment on this video as well for different things that are happening throughout the playoffs. Tom and I will certainly be checking this video for any comments that roll through. We answer regularly. So certainly if you have questions that roll through or comments, we'll be sure to join the discussion. And if you want to join the discussion, in the future, please make sure that you follow us on our Facebook page at IED Sports Discussion Group. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter at IED Sports underscore Sports NHL. And of course, catch us on our website at IEDSports.com. You can catch us here every Monday night for NHL content on your IED Sports YouTube channel. I've been Brian. You've been Tom. You guys have been a great audience. Thank you so much and enjoy the playoffs. And have-